Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir and orchestra. You know, there are some weeks when you feel like uh, God has had you in the desert all week. And there are some weeks in which every day you feel like you had a new experience with the Lord. This has been one of those weeks for me. Moses stood by that bush and God told him, take off your shoes. The ground you're standing on is what kind of ground? Holy ground. You're standing in my presence. Friday night, the deacons and their wives were at uh, the Billy Graham crusade. And I tell you, I felt like I was standing on holy ground. I saw 9,000 people pour out of those stands. That's, a, that's just amazing. My son-in-law has been working down there each night. Called last night and said, uh, had almost 100,000 people in there. Our young people were down there. I don't know whether they made it back yet or not. Can you imagine 100,000 people? From the pizza stand to the decision place. I mean, 100,000 people. That's a, it's, a, it's amazing. That's a great experience. The last service is at 5 today. I hope you'll be praying for Dr. Graham and for all the team. But what has happened down there in four days is an amazing thing. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8. And I'd like to speak to you this morning on the subject of truth sets us free from myths. And for a few weeks, uh, off and on through the month of October, we want to be talking about God's truth. The truth of God's Word sets us free from social, personal, and spiritual myths which are often very, very self-destructive. John chapter 8, follow with me, and I'll read through our text passage, and then we'll go on down later as we look at the whole text through verse 39, but read with me verses 30 and 31. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you you free. Now that is not a new text to most of us in this room. But have you ever really explored the context of that? And have you ever really looked at both sides of that truth? That the truth shall set you free? Most of us were raised having been told a number of different kinds of myths. How many of you believe in the tooth fairy? You've been told all about the tooth fairy. Okay, a lot of people. Anybody ever hear? Or did your parents ever tell you about the Easter bunny? Huh? Did you ever hear about the Easter bunny? <laughs> and then there's that old preacher story about the man who was eating with a family and said, what is this meat? And he said, it's rabbit. He said, well, how do you catch that much rabbit? He said, oh, he said, we wait at night till we hear them out of doors and then we go get them. He said, you can't hear a rabbit. A rabbit is quiet. He said, oh, no. He said, we hear the rabbit. He said, what do they say? Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Then I heard the myth about walking under a ladder. Have you ever heard that? Now, if you tell me not to walk under a ladder, guess what I want to do? I want to try walking under that ladder and defying the superstition. 
How many of you are game to walk under a ladder that's up on the street? I like to do it just on purpose. Say, see there, it's not true. <laughs> Until I get in a wreck. <laughs> and then there's the one, there are the myths that my mother used to tell me in order to get me to do certain things. Don't you wear a sock with a hole in it. You might have to go to the doctor's office if you sprain your ankle. <laughs> Did you ever hear that one? How many of you ever heard that one? Or be sure to wear clean underwear. You might wind up in the emergency room. <laughs> Boy, that'll do it every time. Every time. But there are myths that create unhappiness, myths that are harmless, but myths that are destructive. Some are naive, some are irrational, and there are some which plain lead us astray when it comes to knowing God and knowing truth. Now, I want you to look at the text with me today because uh, uh, it's very important to see this because a truth does not, I mean, a fault, a belief, a myth, a belief does not have to be true in order to affect us negatively. You can believe something that's not true and it will have a very negative effect upon you. There were 73 million baby boomers born from 1948 to 1964 and most of them were raised on a book written by a man by the name of Dr. Spock. And a few years ago I was interested when he gave a television interview and he said, oops, he said, I made a mistake. That's not the way to raise children after all. <laughs> Great. As one baby boomer said, I'm already dysfunctional and didn't find it out till he admitted that's not the way to raise children. <laughs> but I want us to see how Jesus confronted a myth. Now here's the story. He's ministering. Some Jews have said they believe in him. Verse 30. Many believed in him. And he came back to them and said in verse 31, If you abide in my word, you will show that you are my disciples. And the result will be, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Now that, that really ticked off this group of Pharisees. They said, verse 33, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anybody. What are you going to set us free from? We're already free. And Jesus said, oh yeah? Oh yeah? Look, verse 34. Whoever commits sin and keeps on committing sin is a slave to sin. But a slave does not abide in the house, but a son abides forever. If the son makes you free... You won't be a slave. You'll be free and God will treat you like a son. And they said, we're not worried about whether we're sons or slaves, but we're seed. What is important to us is, we look at verse 37. We are Abraham's descendants, they kept saying, because Jesus said, I know you're Abraham's descendants. And they repeated again in verse 39, Abraham is our father. So they have been told down through the years, you are good and you are saved and you are holy and you are never in slavery to anything because you are Abraham's seed and that was the myth that Jesus was seeking to destroy. I'll tell you that a lot of people operate on myths like that today. 
Well, my daddy was a Baptist preacher. I can't be all bad. <laughs> oh, you might be just because of that, did you know? Um, I've been baptized. I know I'm going to heaven. Really? That is a myth. It takes more than that. Um, I'm a very good moral person, and, and I generally follow my conscience. It takes a whole lot more than that to get to heaven. And I'm telling you, there is a host of myths that abound that are leading millions and millions of people straight directly away from God, just as the Pharisees were. And they were so blind to their need, they said, we've never been in bondage to anything or anyone. And Jesus answered them in verse 39, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. It's as simple as that. Now, I want to show you at least four important things here. Then I want to draw some conclusions from the truth which sets us free from myths. The first thing I want you to remember is this, that obedience is the key to knowing truth. Read what Jesus says and read it very carefully. Get the whole context. Verse 31. If you abide in my word, if you live in obedience, then you are my disciples. And these two verses belong together. And as a result of obedience, you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus gives us a very arresting idea here that if I'm going to know truth, I must obey him. And the more I obey him, the more truth he discloses to me. The secret of knowing truth is to follow Jesus Christ with what you do know. And the secret to being misled by false beliefs is to close your heart to God's truth. And in fact, Jesus tells them that. He goes on to say that your heart is closed to me. And if you read verse 40, 41, 42, because you will not listen to me. And the rest of the chapter is devoted to showing that they had closed their heart and the myth that because they were Abraham's seed, they were never in bondage to sin or anything or anybody has led them to close their minds to the truth of Jesus Christ. I wonder what myth you're operating under that has closed your mind to the truth and the reality of Jesus Christ. What myth has been burned into your mind so that you are closed to the reality of who Jesus is? When my assumptions get challenged, I want to weigh them very, very carefully. Are you like that? I want a proof. I want proof. I want to see because some of my assumptions I think are true, but some may not be true. And the way Jesus said, if you want to know truth is to make sure that you're living in obedience to my word. And as you live in obedience, your heart will be open to what I want to teach you. And then he gives us the second thing. And here it is. Verse 32. Truth sets us free from myths. Now, there are some very real myths that are religious myths, and they're very popular today, and I want to shatter them. They are absolutely, unequivocally untrue. And here's myth number one. We're all going to the same place. We're just going to get there by different routes. 
That is a myth. When Polyclos' murderer was sentenced this week, did you hear that? His, the court gave him a chance to say something, and his last word diabolically was to accuse her daddy of having molested her. And Polly's father was so angry, I was taken by what he said. He said, when you get to go to, let's see, how did he say, when you get to where you're going, tell Hitler hello. <laughs> I am not going to the same place Hitler and Polly Kloss's murder is going. Amen? I hope you aren't. But that's what he said in the courtroom. When you get to the, when you get to where you're going, tell Hitler hello. And he added a few others, and I forget. I don't know, maybe they were his employers, but anyway. That's one myth. All people are going to the same place. We're just getting there by different routes. That is not true. The heathen in Africa without Jesus Christ are not saved. The man in America who gives to United Way is not saved. Secondly, every person must do what he thinks is best for himself. That's a myth. You don't want to do just what you think is better. What if we all were a law to ourselves? And there would be no way that society could be protected. Oh, there have been many things which at that time in my life I thought were best for myself and I wanted them, but God said no. He protected me. And he's done that to you. There's not a person in this room this morning who at some point in your life didn't think you knew what was best for you and you wanted that and you got it and you wish you never had it and it may have been a him or it may have been a her and mama tried to tell you don't marry that man and you did it anyway third myth very popular myth today let your conscience be your guide how many of you have ever heard that one? Let your conscience be your God. I want to tell you, folks, the conscience is a moral policeman, but you can train your conscience, and you can train it the way you want to. You can sear your conscience with a hot iron so you're not even sensitive to it. It's just like burning your finger. I did a dumb thing the other day. Do you ever do dumb things? In between mowings, I went to check the oil, and without thinking, I just pulled that dipstick out, and I took my finger, and I ran... Oh! I knew the minute I touched that baby, I, I'd done wrong. Big blister came up here. Big blister came up here. And I walked around all week going like this as if I were, you know, shooting a gun somewhere because, man, I didn't want those blisters to touch anything. They were so sore. Have you ever done that? Now, that's a dumb thing to do. Let your conscience be your guide. We will do things which will bear terrible consequences. Now, here's a fourth one. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're, what's the last word, class? Sincere. Now, oh, that is the most dangerous myth of all. It doesn't make any difference what you believe as long as you're sincere. If Dr. Cregan's going to operate on me, I don't want a sincere osteopathic surgeon. Uh, no, you're not, not, not osteopathic <laughs> I'm sorry. He's going to crawl down. Orthopedic surgeon. What is an osteopathic surgeon, Greg? Do you know? Some states have doctors of osteopathy, don't they? 
Well, anyway, let, let's get off that. I'm sorry, I could see him shrinking down in the seat the minute I said that. Let me run that by. See, that's a myth that he's an osteopathic surgeon. Uh, that's one of those myths you don't want to trust. He's an orthopedic surgeon. I don't want a sincere orthopedic surgeon who was last in his class at the medical school of uh, the Turk Islands. You know, I want somebody who knows exactly what he's doing and he follows the rules and he knows there's an absolute standard for which he does what he does. But that is a, a myth. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Oh, yes, it does. Because a false belief, a myth, if you trust it, can take you to hell and it can lead you to terrible, terrible damage in your life and relationships. Now, there are three things I want to say about false beliefs here. First is that the world feeds these false beliefs. I mean, where do you think these come from? It's the nature of the world to keep telling you, keep telling you, keep telling you. And if something is repeated often enough, sooner or later, a lot of people will believe it, right? And here's the way we do it. We cover that, that excuse to believe it. We cover it over with another little myth that where there's smoke, there's fire. I heard this and this and this about, uh, about uh, somebody, and I heard it four times. And you know, where there's smoke, there's got to be fire. And so we excuse ourselves to accept the false things of the world, but the world loves to feed these myths. Secondly, False beliefs can cause much pain and unhappiness. Much pain and unhappiness. For instance, I've always heard that blondes have more fun. How many of you have ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? Blondes have more fun? Now, do you believe that? How many of you believe that's true? And then there's the man who married a blonde to find out she was no fun at all. That's a myth, and it can lead you to a lot of unhappiness if you follow that myth. Now, here's the worst thing about a false belief. A false belief can lead you to a false security when it comes to your soul. And there are millions and millions of Americans who are being led down a primrose path by the myths that are perpetrated today. Hold your hand here and go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and look at what Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And this is very important because Paul warns us about this. He says that um, Spirit expressly says that in latter times some would depart from the truth or the faith giving heed to false things from spirits and doctrines of demons Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Then verse 7, he says, well, verse 6, If you instruct the brethren in these things, the truth of God, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and myths. Reject them. I am told expressly to reject the myths that do not come out of the Word of God. Because truth, and only the truth of God, 
sets us free from the false security of myths. Now, one of these series, we're going to tackle the idea that truth sets us free from legalism. And truth sets us free from a lot of things. The third thing I want you to see in our John 8 text is this. My beliefs are my choice. Now look at verse 33. The, the, the Pharisees answered Jesus and said, We are Abraham's descendants, seed, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now right there, they made a choice. Their choice was not to listen to the truth of Jesus, but to listen to the truth of tradition. And so Jesus goes on and says, verse 37, I know you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. And then he went on to say in verse 39, or verse 38, I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father, the devil. Verse 39, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Now there's probably nothing quite so frightening as this. I cannot blame my parents for what I believe. I'm not even going to blame my early teachers for what I believe. I'm not going to blame anybody else for what I believe. I am not going to blame Phil Donahue for what I believe. I'm not going to blame Oprah Winfrey for what I believe. I'm not going to blame the network anchors for what I believe. Nobody forces you to believe anything. You can choose what you believe. And therefore, the truth of God says to you, take responsibility for what you believe. It is your choice. I cannot control the weather. I cannot control politics. I cannot control the rate of inflation. But I can control what I believe. And you can control what you believe. And young people, don't put your mind in neutral and let anybody else slip in at the wheel of your mental vehicle because you are responsible for what you choose to believe. That is an awesome fact. If you want to believe that Elvis is alive, go right ahead. They saw him at Burger King the other day. That's your choice. If you want to believe that the man uh, and the man in the moon, go right ahead. That's your choice. If you want to believe that the world is flat, help yourself. That's your choice. But it is your choice. We can drop our beliefs anytime we want to if we'll just expose ourselves to the truth of the Word of God. We need to say this. Again, a belief does not have to be true to, uh, to negatively affect you. A false belief can negatively affect you. This is why Paul says in Romans chapter 1, do you remember that passage where he says in, in verse 25 uh, that those who gave, that, that God gave up had exchanged the truth of God for the lie. They had chosen, one translation has it, to, to, uh, they had chosen not to believe the truth of God, but to believe the truth of the devil and worshiped and served the creature instead of the creator. Belief is a choice. And I am responsible 
for what I believe. Jesus points out here that the difference in slavery and sonship and seed is freedom. (laughs) And freedom lies in sonship. When I am God's son, I will reflect that I'm God's son. But as God's son, I will get the truth. I will get the truth from my father. That is every dad's task. I hope that you are dispensing truth out to your children, to your daughters. Sit down with them and make a list of the 10 honorable things to look for when they go to pray about a partner. Amen? Give them the truth and dispel fiction and give them the truth about work and life. Now, the fourth thing that comes up in this text, however, is the last thing, and that's in verse 39. And that is this. Belief determines behavior. Now, I get truth when I'm obedient, but there's a corresponding truth here. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. He did not tell you to kill me. So what Jesus is saying, your belief about Abraham, that you are his seed, and therefore you're never in slavery to sin automatically because you are Abraham's seed, that's determining the way you think and the way you act. That is one of the most awesome things I have ever learned in life. That my beliefs are my choice and my beliefs determine my behavior. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard, keep your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart. One translation says, be very careful about what you believe inside. Because what you believe will lead you to do what you do. Look, if all my life I've been told by my parents I'm ugly, how am I going to act, class? I'm going to act what? Ugly. I'm going to act ugly. If all my life I've been told I'm mean, how am I going to act? I'm going to act mean. If all my life I've been told I'm clumsy, I'm going to stumble over everything around me. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Have you ever found that to be true? If all my life I've been told that all I need to get to heaven is to be good, then that's the way I'm going to think I get to heaven. It will affect my behavior. If all my life I've been told that women are to serve their husbands and that the role of women is for a man to sit back in his lazy boy and said, woman, bring me a glass of iced tea. When I get married, I'm going to sit back at my lazy boy. I'm going to marry me a wife and say, woman, bring me a glass of iced tea. And she probably will say, go get it yourself. (laughs) But see, belief determines behavior. If you believe that somebody tells you this stock, boy, you want to buy this stock because it's going to 75 bucks by the end of the year. You'll run out there and buy that stock, right, David? Some brokers do that. Buy that stock and say, boy, I'm going to make it. But you don't have any gear. You don't know what that stock's going to do. But it affected your behavior. If I tell you that somebody doesn't like you, and I tell it to you two or three times, it will affect your behavior towards them. If I tell you, 
the world is not open to hear about Jesus, then you're not being, you're not going to be very quick to witness to lost people about Christ. Don't be afraid to. Belief determines the way I act. There are people running around life as adults who've been told all their lives they're unlovable. Or they had some experience when they were young that made them think their daddy or mama didn't love them. And they go through the whole of life thinking nobody loves me and that may not be true at all. I like uh, what Rick Warren said. He, he said that uh, he was standing in the supermarket line and he saw the National Enquirer magazine. Have you ever read that while you're standing in line? And lo and behold, up at the top, it said there's an article here on fat burning prayers. Pray and you can burn your fat off. <laughs> I said, boy, I wanted that one. I wanted to see that one. And people were buying that thing like crazy. I don't know whether they prayed or not, but and then as a follow-up to that, he said he had the flu and he set out for about a week with a flu and he watched every one of the, of the uh, talk shows on television and he made a list of the 10 common myths that the talk shows are perpetrating on Americans. All your problems are somebody else's fault. Two, this world owes you happiness. Three, you'll be happy if you get everything you want. That one's not true, I can tell you. There's never any reason to feel guilty. Guilt is a person's way of manipulating you. Five, man is basically good and very unselfish. Six, all beliefs are equally valid. Seven, pornography and perversion are innocent. Eight, you can have it all. Nine, you shouldn't have to wait for anything. And ten, because you're God, the answer lies within you. Now, he said those are the ten things he picked up just from one week of listening to talk shows. Those are popular myths that are leading people straight to hell. So I, I want to challenge you as Jesus challenged the Pharisees in our text. I want to challenge you in three ways today. First, I want to challenge you to choose to know the truth. I want to tell you after years of studying the Bible, I have a deep heart hunger for more of the Word of God, just as I have hunger for food four and a half hours after I've had breakfast. And you can never stock up on enough of the Word of God. Choose to know the truth. I want you to make today a fundamental decision. I want every child, every teenager, make a fundamental decision. All truth comes from God. And all truth comes from the Word of God. When I read a book full of experiences and then somebody tries to draw conclusions from experiences and not from the Word of God, I raise a flag. No, it's a flag of caution. My truth is going to come from the Word of God. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Whoever hears my words and does them is like a man whose house is built on a rock. On a rock. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ is truth. The Word of God is truth, and that's the foundation for everything we believe. Sometimes it is painful, sometimes it will hurt, but it will always in the end be a blessing to you. Eighty times in the New Testament, Jesus said, Verily, verily, 
I say to you. Now, what do you think that means? I am telling you the absolute truth. Don't you miss this. Eighty times he mentioned truth in one way or another in the New Testament. So I want to choose to know the truth. I make a commitment in my life to follow Jesus. I made a commitment to learn the truth of God, know the truth of God. And it will grieve my heart if any child comes out of any home represented in this choir and does not go to college and study philosophy and study epist uh, um, epistemology without the conviction, the deep conviction that truth is revealed from God in His Word. And the, it challenges all the myths of the world. Secondly, I want to challenge you this morning to choose to live out the truth. No matter what it costs you, live the truth. Live the truth. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul put it this way in Ephesians 4. He said, all right, folks. He said in verse uh, oh, 13 or 14, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness by which they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, whether it's about yourself or somebody else, let us be growing up in all things into Christ who is the head. Truth is not just ours to know. It is ours to live. It is ours to apply. I want to challenge you this week. To think of a myth that you popularly operate on. And, and I want you to challenge that myth with some truth from the Word of God. Or practice challenging some myth in life. I for years thought the closest way to Forsyth Memorial Cemetery from the church, where I have to go often, is to drive out Country Club to Meadowlark out Robin Hood to Olivet Church Road, out Olivet to what is that? Spice, Spice Good or Spice Wood or Spice Wood? Turn right, wind around those 35 mile an hour curves over there to the old 421, turn right and go into Forsyth Park. And one day I said, this is silly. I don't believe this is the closest way. Seems like it takes me too long. So I changed my routes and I found another route and I found that it was faster and closer and I challenged a myth that I've been operating under for a long time. How many of you can think of a myth you'd like to, that you're operating? Can you think of one? Just think of one. What are you operating under that you'd like to challenge? Now, what is a spiritual myth that you're operating under that God's truth would challenge you? Now, the third thing I want to challenge you to do today is this. Not only to seek and know the truth, to live the truth, but I want to challenge you to choose to believe the truth. Believe the truth. Take it for your own. I mean, stand on it. I don't care how much it hurts. If the truth says confess your faults, confess your faults. If the truth says confess to God, confess to God. If the truth says, trust me and I'll work things out for you, do what God challenges you to do and trust him to work it out for your good. Man, there are many times where I've had to follow God where I was scared to death, but I was trying to follow truth. Have you ever done that? And as you followed out that truth, you saw that God brought all those bad things to work for good in your life. 
choose to believe truth because your beliefs determine your actions. Sooner or later, you will reflect what you believe by how you live. There are people who think Jesus is just another great prophet like Muhammad, but he is not just another great prophet. The moment Jesus makes an exclusive claim about himself, he cannot be just a good man. If I stand before you and say, folks, I want you all to see me. I'm God. I'm God. Everybody see me? I'm God. You can't say, boy, he's a, he really a nice, he's a good man. Boy, that's a smart man. Uh, that's really a good man. Uh, you, you, the minute I say that, you're not free to say that about me any longer. Because either I am who I claim to be, God, or I am deluded and you better not listen to me at all. Amen? See, I, I think the world doesn't understand that. Because in our pluralistic society, we are told that you can believe in Jesus right alongside. But the minute Jesus makes an exclusive claim, we're no longer free to say he's just a good man. You better acknowledge who he is. Now, one, one last thing I want to leave you with. God has given us the freedom to choose what we believe. Within his province, he gave us the freedom to choose what we believe. But you are not free to control the consequences of what you believe. Because once you make a choice, the consequences are set in motion. And if I die denying Jesus Christ, I have set into motion consequences which will separate me from God forever and ever. And there is no turning back. And I am warning you, the earlier in life you can challenge your myths and correct them with truth, the longer-term effect it will have upon your behavior. The myths about heaven, that everybody's going there, that to get there you just have to join a church or be good, that is a myth. And it will surely lead you away from Jesus as quickly as the myth that all of Abraham's physical descendants were automatically saved. And Jesus challenged that myth. And I'm here to tell you this morning, unless you've had your own personal decision for Christ, unless you have personally put your faith in him, you may be trusting heaven on a myth. You better know for sure that Jesus Christ is Lord. Will you make those three commitments to truth this morning? To commit to seek truth and know truth in the Word of God from God. Seek to apply truth and live it. And seek to believe it. Those are three things I want to challenge you to do today. And I would challenge every one of you Christians to examine your myths about the spiritual life. You're not filled with the Spirit because you tithe or because you witness or go to church. You are filled with the Spirit because you yield your whole life to the Father and He fills you. And the result of His filling, because you don't harbor unconfessed sin or unobeyed commands, the result is you go to church not in order to be filled, but because you are filled. And that's one of the great truth, the great myths that the truth of God shatters. We don't become saved by works and we are not made 
holy by works. We are made holy by faith to obey God and do what he asks us to do. Amen and amen. Let's stand in prayer. Father, speak to every one of us today that your truth may permeate our minds and hearts and families and the whole environment of our lives. May we hunger after your word like a deer pants after water. May we hunger for truth that we might not be led astray by the world. Give us the word of God instead of the world and help us to stand on that truth and to function by it in Jesus' name. Amen.